Hello, this is Rick Ryman. This is an episode of Metacognitive Minutes, which is a series of programs for History 2111 and 2112 to use metacognition to do well on the assignments. After the break, we'll talk about the assignment for History 2111, the essay for Unit 5, Debate on the Decision for War with Mexico, 1846. Metacognition, if you remember, is the act of thinking about thinking. And if you use metacognition to prepare for any assignment in any class, you're likely to do much better on it. Now, there is, of course, an explanation, a description of what you have to do for the essay in Unit 5. And that is under Assignments. But what you want to do is you want to step back and you want to say, now what is it that Dr. Ryman wants me to talk about? And what do I have to do to talk about it to the extent that it will be worth 100% or an A? Obviously, that's what you want to achieve. You, you also want to learn, of course, but I'm quite sure you want to get the best grade possible. So there's no substitute for understanding the requirements of the assignment, which are laid out fairly clearly under assignments in your website. In this assignment, you're going to be talking about two opposing positions on the Mexican War. One person who was for it and one person who was against it. James K. Polk the president who asked Congress to declare war on Mexico in 1846 was for it, and Joshua R. Giddings, a very prominent congressman, was against it. Now, what you want to do in your essay is you want to provide five paragraphs. You must provide five paragraphs. Two of them should be on Polk's position, and two of them should be on Giddings' position. And then you have another paragraph in which you can summarize the debate so that people will know what you're going to be talking about before they get to the second paragraph. So you would put that first paragraph right up front and tell the audience in six sentences what you're going to be talking about. And you don't want to just say, well, there's two opposing sides, and Polk is one, and Gideon is the other. We know that, because I'm explaining that in this podcast. But what you need to do is you need to describe the nature of the differences between the two writers, and do that in the first paragraph. Of course, you can only do it in a limited way, because you're, you're left with six sentences. You're stuck with that amount of, uh, amount of verbiage or writing. So what you need to do is to be general, but to say something at the same time that no one knew before, or at least your reader doesn't know before. In other words, you want to say something about this debate which adds to our understanding of it beyond just the fact that they disagreed with each other. 
and that one was for it and one was against it. Uh, what was the nature of that disagreement? Try to find something that connects the two writers, even if it shows them arguing over the same thing. What is that thing? Try to make something original clear in the first paragraph. Then in the next two paragraphs, you explain Polk's position and you answer the questions that are in the assignment. Why was it necessary for the United States to declare war on Mexico? What steps did the United States take to avoid war, according to Polk? And what Mexican factors or motives made the war unavoidable, according to Polk? Now, you see, these are Polk's positions. It's not necessarily true that the United States took steps to avoid war. It's not necessarily true that the United States had to declare war on Mexico. It's not necessarily true that there were Mexican factors that made the war unavoidable. But Polk thought all of those things were true, and you need to explain why he did. And then in the final two paragraphs, you're going to answer the questions in the assignment about Gideon's address. Why was it unnecessary for the United States to declare war on Mexico, according to Giddings? What steps did the United States take to cause the war, according to Giddings? What American factors or motives made the war unavoidable, according to Giddings? So, again, it is not necessarily for you to demonstrate that Giddings is right, but you need to explain what his position is and why. Why does he believe these things? according to the document that you read for this assignment. And there are two readings, as you can see, in the assignment discussion. Polk's speech to Congress, asking Congress to declare war on May 13, 1846, and then Giddings' counter-speech a few days later in Congress, attacking the decision for war. So in this assignment, you're not going to be role-playing you're going to be trying to explain the positions of the two men fairly. But along the way, you should think about perhaps making it clear which of these two writers you think had the upper hand as far as accuracy is concerned. In other words, which of these two writers had history on their side? Which of these two writers, in other words, had the facts on their side? And which of these two authors was twisting the facts and basically distorting the facts or deceiving the American people? Now, historians have a definite position on this. But you need to, if you really want to have a fairly easy time at this, it would behoove you, it would be to your benefit to match your view with those of historians. In other words, I'm not going to tell you here whether historians side with Giddings or with Polk, but they definitely decide with one of them and not the other. And of course, if you side with the writer whom historians have sided with, 
it's probably going to be easier to make that case. But above all, you want to be able to explain the answers to each of the three questions for each writer in as accurate a way as possible. So I think that will help you with the assignment. And after the break, I'll say a few more words about this assignment. Well, that's about it for this podcast. There is one more tip that I want to give you, and that is look at the grading rubric for this assignment and try to achieve all of the items in the column to the left. Try to achieve all of the criteria for each of the cells in the column on the left side of the grading rubric. If you do that, you should get a perfect score on the assignment, and wouldn't that be wonderful? So for now, let me say goodbye and good luck on the assignment. Although if you follow these instructions, you may not need good luck.